What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Walenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Swim Masters. I'm your host, Natalie Morrison, alongside my trusty sidekick, Stephanie. (laughs) What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today? I always have to mix it up a little bit. (laughs) I love it. No, I love it. Continue to do it. It's great. No one knows what they're going to get. I know. It's a mystery. I'm a very mysterious person. (laughs) How would you pick that up? (laughs) oh i'm trying not to be as mysterious because then people don't actually get to know who i am so (laughs) okay that was really dark that was a little dark i didn't mean it that dark (laughs) everybody be assured i'll be talking natalie after this to make sure she's okay and Then we're good. We're good. I'm sorry. It's really, it's it's really hot in my room right now. I'm starting to lose it a little bit. Um, <laughs> I closed my window because I didn't want the sounds of New York City to like come through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so the heat's getting to me. The thing is, I love New York, but when it hits like 70 degrees, it's like you can't be in like anything. You're hot regardless. And I'm mm. trying really hard not to turn on the AC because that costs money <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> dollars dollars <laughs> meanwhile i've had my heat running for probably four months straight oh my God, still? <laughs> it's so expensive um yeah every now it, we actually had a really beautiful day yesterday but today it's that awkward like you have a beautiful day and then the tides do that upwelling thing so it's deeply foggy the day after you have a beautiful day so we're just in a cloud right now um which is fine but I'm cold, so I would like some of your heat, and I will give you some of my beautiful, fresh, ocean, frigid air. <laughs> I don't want any Sounds cold good. air. I'm going to stick with the warmth. We've had a long winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send right. you the That's nice true. weather, but That's you true. can keep it's... it. You can keep the cold. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the heat, none of the humidity, and we'll meet somewhere and just, it's just San Diego, man. Like, <laughs> 72, beautiful, not humid. 
That's the solution to it all. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, this episode, we're talking to two, two gals who figured it out and don't live in frigid slash overly hot places. We're talking to Claire and Sharon from NAM, um, which is based in North County, San Diego, Carlsbad, uh, you know, where good old Steph grew up. Um, and... You know, sometimes I wish I could do half my year down there and half up here simply because of the weather. So anyway, that is, again, a topic <laughs> for another conversation. But so we've got Claire and Sharon. They're both senior project managers. Chip oh, and yeah, Chop. AKA Chip and <laughs> Chop. Oh, my gosh. Which I'm so excited for you all to hear. They're just they're just the best. I feel so lucky to know them and to have known them. Their nicknames. I I took it back to my boss. Actually, I don't know if I did yet. Anyway, I feel like my boss and I are a very chip and chop relationship as well. And I feel like it's helpful to, and Natalie and I, I feel like are chip and chop a little bit, right? You said, I think whether you're a chip or a chop depends on where you're from. Um, as we talk about, as we've been talking about today, just because of the weather. So anyway, it's a really fun conversation that also gets into their roles on the NAM Public Affairs and Government Relations team and the NAM Foundation teams. They're both absolute powerhouses at NAM. Claire's been around there for like seven years-ish and Sharon 24, for, let me 25. check, because it was, I was a child, um, 23 years and eight months. Yeah, Sharon, fun fact, everybody. She started when I was born. Yeah, Sharon babysat me um, a few <laughs> times when I was a small, a small little child. And little little will dog. Um, so she's affectionately more like an aunt than anything. I adore Sharon. But again, but yeah, as we talk about, like they're just it's it's exciting to finally turn our interviewing laser onto the NAM team because we love them so much. And it's we've been lucky enough to work with them and overlap with them forever. So these are two incredible members to spotlight. And I hope if you didn't know about Claire and Sharon, chip and chop that now you are very aware of the work that they do and uh, can get involved with the NAM Foundation and their public affairs. And I know they have an event coming up, right, that we wanted to, to talk about? Yeah. So some housekeeping things. Um, we talked about this in the episode, but NAM is hosting their advocacy summit on May 25th. So you can head over to NAM.org to learn more and sign up. And we'll also have the link in the description below. So woohoo! get involved. It's cool. It's a good cause. It's, I mean, as we all know, right? <laughs> Making music is the best. Music education yes. needs to keep happening. And that's, that's what it's all about, right? And so, yeah, get involved however you can, however you feel. It's a beautiful tool to create a better yes. world. And if you don't recognize the title, the NAM Advocacy Summit is basically the nam fly in but because we can't be in person mm, mm -hmm. this is what they're doing so with that said we don't want to take too much of everyone's time with our babbling yeah <laughs> we're babbling we're babbling today enjoy enjoy these two powerhouses uh and we will we'll see you next time have fun see you next time yay Perfect. Hi, Claire and Sharon. Thank you so much for joining Swim Masters. Stephanie and I are so excited to have you. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you. We're excited. <laughs> With a little Stephanie, hello. <laughs> I'm here too. Hi. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the two of you. 
and would love just a brief overview of your journey into the music industry and your current roles at NAM, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty a little bit. So whoever wants to start. <laughs> Sharon, you should start. You've been here longer. Okay, I will go first because I'm older. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> so I started, my journey is not the traditional, I went and played music in school, yada, yada, yada. I started, actually, um, I didn't play music in school. I... <laughs> didn't do any of that. I uh, studied psychology in school, got my degree in psychology. And when I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next, I was looking for a job. Am I going to go on and get my master's? And I went through the temp agency and they were hiring at NAMM. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it was a mile away from my house. And I was like, okay, what's NAMM? I had never heard of NAMM but this great building on top, you know, mile from away from my house. I'm like, okay, I'll do this. It was an admin position. I got hired in market development with um, this person you might've heard of, Bob Morrison. <laughs> and Pat Page. <laughs> and um, so I got hired and the next day, everybody left for summer NAM, and I was there. It's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> no. um, it was great. So I, took a job as an admin person as a temp for two months, and then I got hired full-time, and I haven't looked back. It's been amazing. And then I just kind of moved, moved my way up through admin and then project management, and that's, you know, again, not traditional. Didn't study music. I don't have a music background, but I love the industry. I love the mission, and I love the people. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I love that you're also a psych major. I didn't know that. I was a psych major. <laughs> you probably knew that. I didn't know that about you. I, I knew that. <laughs> uh, Claire. That, Natalie seemed shocked that, uh, did you, you knew that your dad was my first director? No? Maybe? Yes, I did. I, I, know, I know that you received the fake okay. birth announcement. Okay. <laughs> What was the fake birth announcement in, in like, you know, as short as we have, he, but he, he, he joked and he sent out um, a, a birth announcement to everyone at NAM saying that um, I was born, but that my name was Natalie Ann Marie Morrison. So that my initials spelled out to be NAM. No, it's not. sometimes because I, I like it better than just that's commitment that's commitment <laughs> all right claire yes so i'm originally from new jersey also natalie <laughs> and bob um yeah, right? <laughs> and i was an english major in college i was going to be a poet also lucrative right um psychology <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um and I wanted to be an author and I had a whole list of things that I was going to do. And then um, I moved out to California. I had a bunch of adventures uh, in between. I lived in Alaska for a while. I was a bartender there. I lived in Salt Lake City. Um, I was really um, kind of had a nomad, nomad spirit and wanted to live and work and try a bunch of different things before I, I uh, settled down. So I ended up in San Diego and I got my first publishing job. 
a little press and I was a writer and editor um, moving through the publishing community for a lot of years. Um, and publishing is a challenged profession in that, um, you know, a lot of people, sim similar to the music industry, you know, people aren't really buying books, they're doing audio books, they're, um, and, and so it was um, a tough market for keeping a job because there were lots of mergers and acquisitions, larger publishers would subsume smaller ones. And I was at a tiny press that was um, sold and bought many times over. And then I was a freelancer for a long time. Wow. And then I got into academic publishing. And so I did that for a while and I was going crazy because in academic publishing, you'll work, you'll read the same textbook for five years. You know, it goes through multiple rounds of editing and stuff like that. Um, and it was, I was antsy, right? And then, um, and then I was laid off. <laughs> I went from being antsy to being laid off because there was just a huge crash in the publishing market. And I was out of, I was unemployed for about three months, I think, something like that. And I just was like kind of resetting myself, right? So I thought about, I went to all of my friends and my former coworkers and I said, I'm done with publishing. I'm tired of this um, in and out, up and down. Let's look at my skill set. Help me see what I'm not seeing, right? So if I'm going to make a jump to another industry, what are the skills that are trans that will transfer? And so a lot of the skills that I had in publishing had to do with organization and managing large budgets and all of that, uh, people skills, working with authors, editors, academics. And so we sort of looked at all that and said, oh, project management, right? So then looking for jobs, saw NAM, didn't know what NAM was. This is in 2014. Saw, and it sounded really interesting. The job description was very vague, vague too. And um, <laughs> nonprofit. I know, problems. yeah, nonprofit. <laughs> I loved the idea that it was uh, an organization with a mission. These were the things that I knew. And I actually applied, I applied for a position with, uh, public affairs, where I am now under Mary Lurson, but I also applied for uh, the position in professional development under Zach Phillips. And I interviewed with mm -hmm. Sharon and Eric Gable and Zach Phillips all together, and they fought terribly over me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, public affairs was where my, my heart was. I loved, fell in love with Sharon and Eric like just immediately they were just such a delight they'd been at NAM for a long time and coming so coming from my background where you know most people in in my at my level in my field were two three maybe four years and then something would happen you'd either get laid off or the company would get bought and sold and here I'm talking to these people that have been at this company for 20 years mm -hmm. it's very appealing mm -hmm. to me um as far as music goes um I played piano and clarinet in school band as a kid. And then as a grown-up person, I took electric bass lessons and used to play um, open mic nights by myself, solo, <laughs> <laughs> electric bass mm -hmm. and sing. Uh, yes. Insane. So. Um, Very Lemmy of you. Yes. Yes. It was, <laughs> I was, I used to be braver, but I just loved the energy and the mission and the work and the variety of work that we get to do. So now I'm a senior project manager, Sharon and Eric also are senior project managers and um, we work really well as a team and I love the variety of work, the mission um, 
and it's it's just it's really it's been a really great fit. I just had my seven year anniversary on Friday, April sixteenth. So, yeah, exciting. Aww. that's so so rad. So I want to touch on your career a little bit, okay. Claire, because like you said, you started off in the world of publishing and moved your way over into music products. So how did you know that making a move to another job career path was the right choice? And what advice would you give to someone who might be looking to make a career change, but aren't sure if that's the right decision? The biggest, I've been asked this question before because it was a big jump. And partially for me, it was, I, when I was 12 years old in New Jersey at Highlands Elementary School, I knew three things about myself. Mm. I wanted to be a published author. I wanted to move to California and I wanted to own a Jeep. I have accomplished two of those three things. I do not own a Jeep. So that is still to come. (laughs) Um, So what my point is, I always, you know, some people always knew what they were going to be or what they were going to do. And for me, it was always, I was going to be a writer. I was always going to be an author or a poet or somewhere in that world. And so it was painful to me to come to the realization that it being in publishing wasn't giving me back what I was putting in, right? So I kept, I would just mm-hmm. work so hard at it and I would write these books and I would, um, nonfiction books for re- reluctant readers, kids, and do all of this work. Mm-hmm. And then there was just very little given back in return. There was no loyalty. It was, everything was always came down to the bottom line, which I understand is important in business, but it was just, it was very disappointing. And so my sort of dream of making a life in publishing was trashed over the years. So the key for me was when, once I accepted that and I said to myself, I don't have to abandon all of the the skills I've learned, the lessons I've learned. Um, I can still do all those things, but maybe apply it to a new industry that is more giving that there's more um, more of a connection, more of a mission other than just selling books. So it really was luck in a lot of ways that I found Nam, because like I said, I hadn't heard of it except for I had a friend when I told him I applied, he was like, oh my God, he was a, a, a tour person for uh, Jason Mraz. So of course he knew all about mm-hmm. Nam and he was like, it's so awesome. But I think the smartest thing I did, and I would tell anyone looking to make a career change or to just like take a moment to think about where you are in your career, to ask your trusted friends and colleagues and say, what are, what are, what are, what do you see as my skills? What are the things that I can take and transfer to another project, another program, another position in my company, another job if it's time to move on? Um, a volunteer situation because you don't really ever, sometimes it's hard to see in yourself. And this is Sharon and I work really well together. We're very complimentary in both the ways we complement each other and we complement each other with the E because um, we're really good at noticing, paying attention to and telling each other what we're good at because Mm -hmm. you don't always see that. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to make a jump or you want to do something, talk to the people you trust and they'll tell you, they'll tell you, you are amazing at organizing whatever. You're great at content. You, you, you're so creative. You're so, and then you just start drilling down and you look at what are the industry terms for that, for organization while it's project management. 
and then you start looking for those and matching your skills to the terms in the profession that you're looking to jump to. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Um, I love that. It's a tag on to what Claire is saying. Um, because I've been at NAM so long that sometimes it's hard for me to see what she's saying, but like <laughs> she just compliment each other. Yeah. About yourself. So I'll be like, you know, because I'm in the job for so long, she can really point out those things about yourself, you know, about, you know, I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'll be like, you know, I'm not good at that. Or I, I don't see how I can do that. And she, and she can, you know, tell me the things that I'll say, I, what are you talking about? You're managing yeah. our entire communication pipeline. Right. The, well, I'm in it and I'm doing it for so long that I lose sight. It's so easy. That's so, that's a good, that's a powerful team effort too. And like how that's really good to yeah. have those two voices, right? Like someone that is like more, more new to like seven years isn't new, but comparatively, right? right? Like you have like the, a different or even just like a different industry perspective paired with, you know, someone that's been doing the job for longer. That's a good, just team, team building note right there that that helps you both out a lot. Our whole department, our whole department's like that, I would say. Yeah. We really work well together. So supportive. Oh, the dream beautiful. team. <laughs> I also want to point out that's really powerful. Like, I think that's something that the publishing industry probably shares with the music industry and that a lot of times, and it's not always this way. Some people are just in it because like, it's the job. But a lot of times that's probably a very identity driven industry too. Like you are a writer, yes. like you, you're meant to be in this. And that's powerful to be able to almost like self-preservation your way out of that, like be able to separate that from your identity. Like you're still a published writer, even if your day job is not in the publishing industry. Um, and so that's a really powerful thing you were able to do. So I think that's just well, well done. I admire that. Oh, thank that's, you. That's it really was, um, it was a great exercise. Um, and it was just sort of, you know, when you're laid off, even if it's not based on merit or anything like that, or even if it is, if you're, if you're just straight, if a person is straight up fired for whatever reason, or you're laid off as part of mass layoffs, which is what happened to me, you still have this feeling of, well, why me? Did I not bring value to this? And so mm -hmm. it's really important and soon after, or before you're going to make a change to start asking people what those qualities are, because we are our own worst critics. And I think it's mm -hmm. especially true with women. One of the things, yeah, totally. if I may just jump for a second, that I came in and I feel like I brought to the team was to the women on the team was to stop saying sorry before everything, yes. <laughs> you know, oh, sorry, yes, <laughs> you know, or I just want to say, or mm -hmm. I'm sorry to bother you, but we're allowed to take up space and have an opinion and be, you know, and have expertise and, you know, so um, it's been really fun and interesting to, to grow in that way with this team. But I will say particularly the women, the women on the team. I love that. Oh, I love so that. Great. Oh, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I love that journey for us. I think they are the chip and top of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We got to keep this energy yes. flowing. And in, in that way, I guess, we, um, speaking of evolving too with the team. So to bring it back to the events that we have coming up, we will get back to there. But um, so going back to public affairs and the work that you do with them and with the NAM Foundation. So advocacy is a huge part of that. So we'd love to hear for someone that might not be as familiar with how that works. Um, what is your day to day and how are you involved in that? What do your roles do? 
Maybe we can start with Claire yeah. or uh, Sharon because well, we're I'll here let to talk more about the advocacy because that's she has a really big role in that. But my day to day, I mean, my current role is you know we wear many hats like everybody does. But I mean, I currently manage the grants and scholarships. Uh, I program manage for the best communities for music education. Like Claire said, I oversee all the communications. I'm like the liaison for the department between our Marcon department and outside vendors. Uh, but I'm kind of more behind the scenes where I think Claire and Eric and Mary are more out front, um, except when we go to the NAM show, of course, you know, or when we travel, we, our department used to travel a lot, then I'd be out front. But um, we wear so many hats that, like you said, like sometimes we don't even know what we're doing, but we're just kind of mm -hmm. doing it and just kind of getting it done. I love it. But those are some of my main projects. I would say communications is every day that's what I'm doing is liaisoning about the communications and what does each program or project we're working on, what does it need, what asset does it need to communicate out. Which is how you get the word out. Yeah, how we can get it out, how are our partners, yeah, exactly. partners going, <laughs> how, how are people going to find out what we're doing and how's it going to look. I mean, I don't create the look, of course. <laughs> Can't take credit for that, but... <laughs> Well, maybe even before we go to Claire, then how has that evolved since you've been with NAM? Because I'm sure that's, I don't know, it's because it, it's all project based. I'm sure that evolves very quickly as each project and program begins. But just are there any like looking back overarching things that pop out to you or, or just trends you've seen as it's changed over time? Yeah, just reflections that's on that. That's a good question. Uh, a lot. I think, and I really think it's when, um, Mary kind of, you know, I didn't work for Mary. I mean, she came, gosh, I don't even want to know what year, maybe 2000 around that time. Um, and then uh, we kind of, she kind of merged public affairs and market development. And we all were under Mary. And I think it was just kind of her vision and her expertise in public affairs and her nonprofit work and strategic partnerships that she really knows how to expand the work and her, you know, building relationships. And it's that, you know, building relationships with other, you know, the network and just really just taking what we do and just expanding and getting it out and taking the mission and the vision out there. I just really saw what we did and it just grew. And it was just really under Mary, that, that leadership of, you know, just her knowledge of that. It just really grew. Just, you know, being at NAM for so long, you would think, you know, oh my God, how do you do the same thing? But it changes. Even though our legacy, some of our legacy programs are the same, she is so good about making it different or asking us to be creative and innovative within the project. So it might be the same for like Best Communities. That's a 22-year-old program. But each year we have to refine it. We have to be creative with it. We have to be innovative. So she is so good with asking us to be innovative all the time within the programs. I love that about her. And a challenge, it's challenging. Great stuff. Yay. Thank you for that. Perfect. All right. Claire, what about what about your day-to-day -to, -day to bring it back up to um, the present? Day-to-day, -day, I mean, it's uh, our day-to-day -day in general has changed quite a bit this last year, obviously. So um, yeah. the focus on policy issues has really, the heat has really turned up in this last year with all of the relief programs and the aerosol study and all of the various 
issues that we're tracking and following. And so I was more fully integrated into, onto the policy team. So that's me and Eric and Mary, and then the firm we work with out of Washington, D.C. So there are issues that I watch specifically. And if I see something, I'll bring it to their attention. And then usually there's a discussion about, is it something that we need to do a webinar on? Can it be an article? Is it an e-blast, et cetera? I do a lot of the writing for our team. I do all the, almost all the editing. Mary signs off on everything, which is good. So there's the, the policy side of my job has gotten a lot more ramped up this year. The foundation side is more, for me, related to NAM shows. I usually run the day of service in Anaheim and mm-hmm. um, Washington, D.C. I also run the fly-in um, in Washington, D.C. This year, I'm running the advocacy summit. And um, we all have roles to play, but I just sort of oversee the full project. And there are a million little details for each thing. So we'll have, um, today we had a launch meeting for a new project. And on the foundation side, I feel like what I'm mostly doing, honestly, right now is editing and, and writing content. And then I run the Gen X program at the NAM show, which falls under the foundation. I am the executive producer of the Grand Rally for Music Education at the NAM show. And I took a pretty st- strong lead role in figuring out technology for our team this last year of how to do Zoom really well and then StreamYard and also with OBS and Voice Meter Banana. These names of these products are just hilarious. Voice Meter Banana. <laughs> um, and uh, so Mary, kind of our director, Mary, tends to use me for, in a lot of ways, for new projects or things that are experimental. She, she'll have me run it down all the way to see if it's worth something pursuing or how, can it improve our processes or can we help another organization? We've helped NAFME a couple of times. Um, we worked with Conselmer on their HBCU National Band Directors Consortium meeting and various mm. other projects like that. So sometimes if we're working with an outside company, Mary will tap me to, to work with that organization. But generally day to day, the last year, we our team always worked really hard on lots of different things. But this last year has been like I would like seven times we've done seven times more the work than we've done in a normal year and a lot it's so much of it is getting information about these relief funds out to not only NAM members which is key and we turned that around we so we our last day in the office was March 13th of last year 2020 and by the end of March we already were doing our first webinar we had no idea what we were doing (laughs) <laughs> At the time, just saying, hey, there's this thing called PPP. It's a, a loan program that can be turned into a grant. You might want to check this out anyway. And and so it just kind of went from there. And then it became a lifeline for yeah, totally. a lot of our NAM members to, they were coming to us in the beginning. We were doing webinars on how to have move your lesson programs online. As you know, you were a part of that, Stephanie. Yeah, I remember yeah. those early days of that. <laughs> Yeah, you were in like the first one. And yeah. And we've expanded a lot of our regular programming to include music and social justice, looking at issues of race and diversity and inclusion in the music products industry, which is in a lot of ways behind where they should be or we should be. Yeah. Um, Sharon spearheaded a music and wellness program, which was new mm. and amazing and uh music and yoga and um that was fun. drumming and meditation. <laughs> and so but yeah. I love that though. 
it's important because as a NAM member and just like you're the hub for the music products industry to take quick action when the rest of the industry was freaking out and just eloquently pivoting the way that you did. It's incredible that today, like people are still relying on the webinars and the content that you put out just to help them get through their school year and what they do every day. Yeah. And embracing like the holistic leadership of that, like the, what you're talking about later, like that's so important that it's not just the business aspect. It's that this is huge for everybody. So every little moving part of that. I really do. I mean, our team really just, I mean, Mary, like I said, Mary, as soon as March 13th happened, March 18th, she was like, we're going, you're going to learn this. And we all, we all just did. We just dove in, even though, you know, Claire's a little more gutsy when it comes to some of the technology, but we all, we all just dove in and we all learned it. We each have different parts of it, but we all, we all learned. And I was really impressed with the team. And there's no, and there was no, um, competition like among the team for like we all are really good at different things sometimes there's overlap we're good at sometimes the same thing but we're all really um simpatico (laughs) and it was shocking how much closer and uh, more efficient we became this last year working remotely and having to figure everything out together and that could have gone you know two ways it could have gone south really quickly with lots of animosity and tantrums and anger and frustration because some people were really good at understanding the technologies and some people struggled and but we all really on our team lift each other up and to piggyback on what Sharon said Mary had the vision right away in March and similarly for Believe in Music which um, replaced the NAM show an online event she knew right away what what our plan was and what we were going to do and it just became you know, execute, execute, execute. So we have a lot of autonomy um, and creative freedom, which is exciting. That's good. Amazing. So speaking of the fact that you are a wonderful team, I hear you have nicknames for each other. Can we talk about that? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'll say the nickname. It's Chip and Chop. That's adorable. Oh my gosh. It's not Disneyland, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's Chip and Dale <laughs> from Disneyland. Yeah. But Claire, you have to refresh my memory how we came up with Chip and Chop. I can remember Chop. That's you. I'm Chip. Yeah, I'm Chop. Chip, Sharon is Chip because she is always delightful oh. and very kind oh. and super diplomatic. And no matter how challenging like a conversation might be or if something is running behind, she can just, she just has this lovely disposition. So she's chip and I'm get, let's get to the point. (laughs) What's the next step? This is great. We got to move on. So I'm chop. I'm like, so they, somebody started just sort of saying like chip, chop, chip, chop, chip, chop, (laughs) chip, chop. And then it got split out into nicknames. And now a lot of people in the company call us Chip and Chop. You need both. <laughs> we would go in the meetings as Chip and Chop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. And it's not, as, uh, it's not as, you know, sort of reductive as good cop, bad cop. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm still very, very nice. Diplomatic. It's just that I'm not as, but Sharon is, is I, I would just say she's much more <laughs> patient than I am. 
with certain things. And so, whereas I'm just sort of, you know, bottom line, different than what I was talking about with publishing and money. I'm bottom line. Like we got to get See, this thing done. Really oh my gosh. That sounds like me. Maybe that's the Jersey. Girls <laughs> it is totally Jersey. <laughs> you know, Natalie, when I first moved, when I first moved to San Diego in 1998, everyone here thought I was me. And I said, I'm not, I'm not mean. I'm direct. That's the thing. I can get to the point. I'm direct. I'm married to a Chicagoan and we had to get through that in the beginning of like, I'm just being direct. I'm like, no, why are you yelling at me? Like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just <laughs> being direct. Yeah. Like, I'm way more chip as well. Maybe that's a San Diego thing. Uh, that's not, I think it is thing. because I've mellowed out quite a bit. <laughs> there's, a, there's like I a happy chip. medium. We can learn from each other. We can, yes. we can get to yes. that chip chop rather than being... Yes. <laughs> And then Eric Abel is chap. Ooh. <laughs> like, like man, like chap, like old oh, chap, British chap. I think the probably one that gave us the nickname. He is. <laughs> I know. We don't really call him that unless we're doing like some sort of trio thing. Chip, chap, and chop. Unless he's earned it that day. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I love this so much. Uh, That's amazing. So speaking of advocacy, uh, the NAM Foundation is getting ready to host an advocacy summit this month. Could you both tell us a bit about what people can expect at the event and why should people join and participate? Sure. I'll, I'll um, start a little bit. So it's like back to Sharon's point really quick about wearing many hats. So we're divided. Our department does two things. We're public affairs and government relations, and that's on the NAM side. And then we're the NAM foundation and the advocacy summit is on the public affairs side mm. and NAM. So that is our, and that distinction is just important because there's two different websites and there's, you know, laws and such keeping lobbying separate from uh, foundation work, mm, nonprofit yeah. work. So um, it's on it's on May 25th and it's open to everyone. This is the first time it's going to be open to everyone, not just NAM members. So music educators, parents, advocates, community, music, uh, community organizations, teachers, faculty, students, open to all. There will be training on how to advocate for what our ask is going to be, which is still being crafted, but essentially it will be around funding for music education. And there will be training on how to talk about that. There will be a campaign to reach out to your members of Congress, your governor, and some fun little musical interstitials and important advocacy updates on where we are currently and where we hope to be in the fall. Again, we're in year, for us, this is our second one of doing one of these online during this COVID period. So everything will be a little bit different again than it would quote unquote normally be when we go to DC. A big component of this is sharing. We love to share good news whenever we can. And this is where Chip comes in with <laughs> Best Communities for Music Education because that's a big part of sharing the news about school districts and the congressional districts. So Sharon? Right. We just announced our Best Communities for Music Education districts and schools. So we had 686 districts and 80 schools that received the award this year. Um, and so mm -hmm. we celebrate that news with the representatives and we take flags usually to Capitol Hill. So we will do that virtually. We will mail them. 
but we also want to share that good news with them and we ask our delegates to do the same and so we do send the flags and we send the letters and we ask our representatives to recognize these schools and celebrate them in their own way whether that's a proclamation or however they want to celebrate these districts uh, with this recognition so the best communities is a great way to celebrate music education and advocacy and the flags just to clarify say best communities for music education on them so that and in the past when we would go to DC, yep, they would be sitting on their desk. And it was so satisfying and wonderful. This is like, like fourth year doing the flags. So we do a different color each year. So multiple flags on some people's desks. Wow. And in some cases that has, yeah, that has helped um, schools and districts save their programs, getting that recognition from their member of Congress or their governor. Oh, amazing. And so this is in lieu of the fly-in then, basically. It is. Yes. Yeah. We originally started planning as if we were going to do the fly-in in person. And then as things were progressing, it became clear that we couldn't do that. So we again pivoted. We were planning yeah. for in-person and then we pivoted and now we're doing it. Uh, and we're using the same platform as we did for Believe in Music, if you were on anybody yeah. who's on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of uh, chances for networking and connecting. Cool. Yeah. And so how would people join that and or get involved with NAM and its advocacy in general too? Any listeners who are like super inspired right now listening to all that? <laughs> yeah. So if you go to nam.org, there's an issues and advocacy tab, and then there is an advocacy summit link that you can click and you can register there. There's information there. We'll be updating it. We're still building the program because, as I said, we had to pivot. So we're st- we have all of our speaker asks out currently. Um, but the best way you can stay informed is to go on to nam.org or and namfoundation.org and subscribe to both newsletters so that you can stay in the know. Cool. And we'll li- we'll link Sharing. all of these in uh, the show notes and such as we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our uh, monthly newsletter is the absolute best way to do it. Love yes. it. I used to use, I used to poach so hard the, um, what was it? The, I think it was back in the, like the daily news roundup oh, though from, mm. from Nam with like the good, just music news for our Blue Bear newsletter. Yeah. Back when I was at my music yeah. school, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, great. What did they send me today? I need, I need That's information. Right <laughs> just, it's so good. It's just good vibes. So yeah, you just everybody should subscribe to that to stay up to date. Um, and also just to bring a smile to your face because music is wonderfully uplifting. It is. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yay. Thank you two <laughs> so much for your time. It's so great to talk to you, not like sprinting through the show floor. I know. So, no, I know. Always <laughs> really fun. hug. Bye. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And I will forever refer to you as Chip and Chop. Yeah, Yeah, please do. Yes. (laughs) We have to get t-shirts. We need to make like a quiz that we can put in the show notes. It's like, are you more Chip or Chop? And people can (laughs) see who they identify with. Oh, I love that. I'll figure out. I love BuzzFeed quizzes. Well, another thing is that we've always wanted to (laughs) do We have a joke because we love watching true crime shows. (gasps) And, um, we wanted to do a podcast called spoiler alert and that's because i cannot (laughs) hold it in about what's gonna happen (laughs) you ruined the ending the ending of game of thrones (gasps) well you have to you can't keep that in you can't keep that in that was is that a chip thing i do that too i can't i can't (laughs) it must be a chip thing i've gotten better (laughs) So 
it was going to be called spoiler alert, and we were going to talk about our shows that we watched. She'll start with, did you see the one where, and then when she starts to say that, I say, zip it, chip, zip it, chip it. (laughs) I can't help, I can't help it. And sometimes she can't help it, so she'll keep going. And she'll be like, no, no, I just want to know if you saw the one where. <laughs> but isn't it interesting how this, it's so good. I get really excited. I, I know you can't tell right now. Talk about so it. I get really excited. <laughs> so sometimes I, can't, I won't even tell her I'm watching something until I'm done. Just in case. Yeah. So we will stay tuned so. for the successful spinoff podcast. Yes. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Chip and yeah. Chip. Well, Chip and job. Well, on that note, <laughs> I have to go watch some true crime. Well, thanks for everything you guys do. You're impressive. Yeah, it's delightful. Oh, thank you for everything. Oh my goodness. No yes. hugs. Thank You're you incredible. for for doing the work that you do and being part of our lives. You are fantastic yes. parts of our industry and Nam. So I'm honored to know you and to have grown up idolizing you. So Aww. that's great. Here. I don't know. You guys are doing a lot. So much love. It's, you're doing a lot. That's impressive. Only because we had great examples no. to look up to. So. <laughs> Yay, well, thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you could share and leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond, Natalie Morrison, and Julia Olson. See you next time.